Welcome to Agents of Nothing, an episode-by-episode recap and analysis from the perspectives of a veteran and a new recruit. Now, a quick word from our sponsors. Morning, Agents of Nothing, and welcome to our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. We are your commanding officers. I'm Mariah. And I'm Caroline. And today we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 13, One of Us. Yeah. So, Mariah, how was your week-ish? <laughs> it was less of a week and more of a whole month. Yeah. <laughs> we took the month of December off, which, yeah. you know, it was needed. <laughs> nice to have that time to catch up. Yeah. Um, I've been doing a lot of editing for the podcast, trying to get ahead, Christmas happened. We're recording this. I said on New Year's Day, I totally did not realize it was January 2nd. Woo! (laughs) It's been a time. Uh, But yeah, nothing overly exciting, to be honest. How about you, Caroline? Um, Well, it's this month has been kind of a lot. Definitely (laughs) needed the time off. And with the holidays, there was like lots of weird new traditions that were kind of born out of necessity and mourning some old traditions that we couldn't keep this year and stuff like that so yeah it just was a super weird time and uh let's just say i have a ton of notes for my next therapy session (laughs) (laughs) i have a session tomorrow nice nice Nice. (laughs) all right so this episode was written by monica wusu breen and directed by kevin tancherowen the brother the brother (laughs) So, for the final 12 episodes of this season, Marvel again ran the Art of Initiative, in which an image was released the Thursday before the episode aired, and this season's title was The Art of Evolution. The different artists were once again chosen to create the teaser posters based on their previous work and how it connected to the themes and emotion of the intended episode. The Art for One of Us, created by Declan Shalvey and Jordi Belair, The poster features muted colors and shows Coulson surrounded by villains from the shield index and the giant cow looming over and a bird and a shield behind him. Bird? Because the birds died in this episode? (laughs) Maybe so. (laughs) They're like, justice for the birds. They did not. Justice for the birds. I hope they woke up. (laughs) Yeah, for real. All right. Anyway. Who do we meet in this episode? We meet quite a few new villains. Yeah. So first off, Carla Faye Gideon. She likes to say that she has two perfectly good forks at the end of her arms, so she might as well add ten perfectly good knives to that equation. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Wendell Levi, a.k.a. the nerd. Uh, Francis Noche, the roid head. And David Angar, who is just a terrible singer. It's true, and I've always said that. (laughs) So... We open on Edwina Scissorhands, as I like to call her, uh, trying to have a quiet dinner at home in front of an old movie when there's a knock at the door. It's Cal and his goons. The goon squad. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, And they know exactly who she is because she's on S.H.I.E.L.D.'s gifted index. Cal jumps right into his sales pitch, how each of his two pals were mistreated by S.H.I.E.L.D. in some way because of their powers, and ever since they got rid of their trackers, they've been working for Cal. He starts to offer her the same thing to rid her of the, quote, punishment that S.H.I.E.L.D. gave her, a.k.a. metal gloves that keep her from actually touching anything, uh, in exchange for her help. 
And so she slams the door in his face mid-sentence. <laughs> that was funny. She changes her mind, though, and they get to work. And I love that Cal says that they should show the world how, how S.H.I.E.L.D. treats people like us. When, like, is Cal like them <laughs> at all? And also, this woman literally just has, like, scalpels embedded in her fingertips. So Awful. I wouldn't... I wouldn't compare her to most of the people on the Gifted Index either. So, whatever. The nerve of Cal to describe Coulson as a door-to-door salesman of a man when that's <laughs> literally what Cal is doing at the moment. Literally. He's like, knock, knock, <laughs> would you like to join my team? <laughs> hey, boss babe. <laughs> Hi, hon. It's been so long since we talked. How are you? I have a business opportunity for you. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to join my team of supervillains? Supervillains with no superpowers. Anyway, so Coulson and Skye are talking in her cell slash room, and he apologizes for all of the monitoring, but Skye understands the necessity. She gives us a nice little recap of everything she's been through, as if we could forget Skye. (laughs) But she is working hard to get her new powers under control and is confident she can get back in the field as soon as she has a handle on it. But as May and Coulson discuss behind her back, they don't have any intention of that at at the moment. And since she's being added to the index, she will have to be evaluated by an outside party in order to stay free, much less on the team. So Coulson tells May to call Andrew, aka May's thing. Ooh! What kind of thing? (laughs) A husband kind of thing. (laughs) Casual. (laughs) Super casual. I love that they call him her thing. <laughs> if it's going to be a thing. <laughs> He's her ex-husband. <laughs> anyway, so Morse is hanging out with Simmons while she's putting together Sky's index file. But they're very confused about her new DNA and how her new power works. Fitz briefly interrupts them and Simmons stops talking for as long as he's in the room. She's very much still mad at him because of him lying to her. Morse says, we're spies. We lie for a living. So what? (laughs) Which was, that was, yeah, you know what? You're right. (laughs) But Morse goes on to defend Fitz a little, saying that at least his intentions were to protect a friend. But Simmons doesn't accept that. Besides, science was their sacred bond, and Fitz obscured test results, aka corrupted the science, in order to keep up his lie. For shame. So for Simmons, everything has changed. Oh, I did have a Taylor Swift reference in here. <laughs> uh, everything has changed yet again, even more. She doesn't know how they're going to come back from this. And honestly, I truly can see both sides of this. Like, I, this is a difficult situation. Yeah, for sure. Mac calls Morris from wherever he brought Hunter to keep him from talking. He doesn't know what the next move is, and Hunter is angry and loud. So Morris and Mac agree to, quote, take hunter in fucking where <laughs> uh. may surprises dr andrew garner at culver university to ask him to evaluate sky for the new shield culver university like in the hulk hey. <laughs> so dr andrew garner works at the west virginia campus of culver university the virginia campus appeared in the incredible hulk Ah, it probably doesn't exist anymore because the Hulk destroyed everything. Yeah. <laughs> and if the Hulk didn't, then the army did. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> <laughs> 
just a casual little plug for our December episode of our bonus content. Our bonus Jonas episode. Our bonus Jonas episode. I'm working on Iron Man 2 right now, so subscribe! And just as a reminder, we are covering all of the MCU movies in release order. Just as a reminder, in case y'all forgot. Monthly episodes... Visit anchor.fm slash agents of nothing or go to our Spotify page and subscribe for $2.99 a month. (laughs) Okay, sorry, we'll get back to it now. (laughs) (laughs) So Dr. Andrew Garner is he's skeptical about working with Shield again. He agrees on the condition that his loyalty is to Sky, not to Shield. May apologizes for not calling him back when the old Shield collapsed. And he says, It's cool. I just talked to your mom to make sure you're alive. She invited me over for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love Mama May. That's so real. (laughs) For real. (laughs) Every time I talk to Aaron, he's like, you know, your mom called me. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Miriam. (laughs) I didn't know about that. That's so funny. (laughs) Anyway, so May says, she never forgave me for divorcing you. And uh, you know what? I wouldn't either, (laughs) because... Dr. Garner seems great so far. So May's far. ex-husband is a sexy therapist. What's not to love? He really is. We love emotionally intelligent men. We do. <laughs> um, so Cal and friends drive up to a gated driveway in the middle of nowhere. Carla cuts the security guard's throat. Her hi! And then the throat slash <laughs> was so it funny. Was- It was really good timing. She just runs around the side of the camper and she goes, hi. (laughs) I feel like that would be you. If you were, if you were capable of killing somebody, I feel like that would be you. (laughs) Yeah. If I were a super villain, I'd be the one that just distracts them by going, oh, hey. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) Great. Bye. (laughs) Anyway, so she does that. And then uh, the nerdy guy blows up the gate controls and then the other guy, Francis, pries open the bars on the gate with his bare hands. And over the gate is a sign stating that this is Bryn Mawr, Maximum Security Psychiatric Facility. So May and Dr. Garner arrive at S.H.I.E.L.D. And Dr. Garner congratulates slash offers condolences for Coulson's promotion. Honestly, he's so real for that. <laughs> so Blair Underwood, who plays Dr. Garner, and Clark Gregg have previously co-starred as love interests of Julia Louise Dreyfus on The New Adventures of Old Christine. Oh. In 2006. Wow. Damn. They old. Wow. I was 11. Maybe. I was maybe like 12. Because I'm a little older than you. Fun fact. I'm a little older than Caroline. Well, so you would have you would have turned 11 in February of that year. I was turning 11 in September of that year. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So you were 10. I was 10. <laughs> Depending on, wait, it depends on when it was released. <laughs> you were 10 for most of yeah, the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm older than you. You remember when you were my age? Six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a good time. I miss it. Anyway, okay. So Colson and Morse talk about going to investigate the break-in at Bryn Mawr. But before they go, he asks her about why Hunter isn't there today. He asks if it was because of the permanent position that he offered him. Morse tries to brush it off as she walks out the door, saying, Permanent isn't really Hunter's thing. Even the word freaks him out sometimes. And Coulson just looks after her suspiciously. <laughs> She's right. She really does lack her living. Yeah. 
But it's a believable lie. It is. That does seem to be his M.O. Yeah. Wasn't this time. (laughs) (laughs) No, he was gonna stay. Literally had him kidnapped, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Simmons seems very excited to work with Dr. Garner and to share every single detail of what she's figured out about Skye so far. Fitz tries to talk to May while they are talking, and he says, I didn't know you were married. And May just says, now you do. And he says... He seems nice. Me. (laughs) That's so me. You don't know what to say when you're introduced to someone's (laughs) ex-husband. You're like, oh. Great. I'm sorry. (laughs) You can't can't ask, well, why? (laughs) Seems great. Why? (laughs) What happened? (laughs) So May breaks the news to Skye that she's getting a psych eval. But Sky doesn't want to talk to a shrink at first because she says she's been through enough of them in the foster system to know that she hates shrinks. But May drops the bomb that it's her ex, and so Sky stops in her tracks. Of course. What was with the aversion to therapy like a decade ago? Literally. That was the last time I was in therapy, and once I found a good therapist, I was like, fuck yeah, (laughs) this is great. (laughs) But literally everybody was like, I hate shrinks. No, I don't want to talk to a therapist. I want to stay mentally ill forever. There's nothing wrong with me. Why would I talk to a therapist? I know more than them anyway. Honestly, thank God. Thank God that therapy has become normalized. Literally. Oh my God. Yeah. So then we cut to Sky going a mile a minute trying to ask Dr. Garner about May. He tries to gently stop her and redirect the conversation, but Sky just keeps trying to deflect. He finally asks her why she shot herself. And Skye's defensive, so he answers a few of her questions about him and May to try and meet her halfway. Skye appreciates the nibble um, and goes just a little deeper with her answer on why she shot herself, focusing more on the feelings that she felt instead of the rationalization of the decision. And so now the conversation can really go somewhere. Therapy truly is a you-get-what-you-give kind of thing, y'all. <laughs> yeah, so do your therapy homework. Do your therapy Don't homework. Be like me. <laughs> So, Morse and Coulson have arrived at Bryn Mawr, and they head down to the sub-basement to check on the two S.H.I.E.L.D. prisoners d- down there. And, hang on. Fucking sub-basement? <laughs> I, I've never even seen a real basement. And you're telling me there's a basement under the basement? <laughs> there's enough, like, ground under there? What? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That blows my mind. Anyway, so the two prisoners down there are John Bruno, military assassin, who Morse fights single-handedly while Coulson just stands by shining his flashlight on them. (laughs) Iconic. (laughs) I mean, what was he supposed to do? He had a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Bobby had it. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Anyway, so John Bruno and David A. Angar who has already been captured by Cal and Co. <laughs> David's voice can induce immediate catatonia with the slightest whisper. Cal left a note on the wall of David's room saying, fight on. I w- How did he want that to be read? Is it like, fight on? Or is it like, fight on? Or is it like, fight on? Or is it like, fight on? Like, hard on? <laughs> I don't know. So May and Garner debrief about Sky's session. And he says that Skye thinks the world of May. Obviously. Who wouldn't? May's the best. Yeah. Garner asks if May is seeing anyone. Uh, Well, you know, (laughs) there was like a secret Nazi for a minute there, but it was just a casual thing. Um, As they continue catching up, though, 
uh, Fitz almost walks in, but stops when he hears May laughing and just turns back around on his heel, which was my favorite thing. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> um, and then he heads to the lab to use the microwave in there for his tea. This episode reveals that Fitz is the owner of the Grumpy Cat mug from A Fractured oh. House. <laughs> <laughs> I knew we'd see that thing again. So funny. So he tells Simmons that he didn't want to disturb May and her ex. Simmons automatically wants the tea about May and her ex, not the tea that he just made. (laughs) I just realized that I did that. (laughs) No, Simmons is a real English woman. She would never want microwave tea. She would never want microwave tea. You're right, you're right, you're right. Okay, you gotta heat it on the stove. I don't know, why can't you just, like, heat up the water in the microwave (laughs) before... Because you gotta heat it on the stove or else it's not really boiling somehow. What if that's too much water? You just want one cup. English people, sound off in the comments. Uh, I gotta ask my British co-workers. Do you guys have something against microwave tea? (laughs) Anyway, so then they start gossiping just like old times without even thinking about it. And I loved it. They're like, they're an interesting pair. He listens for a living and she doesn't speak. (laughs) But in the middle of their gab sesh, Skye's alarms start going off, so they cut it short and run to get May and Garner. And poor Sky, she was just trying to take a nap. No, she was just sleep. She was having a dream. So Coulson and Morris discuss who they're looking for as they scour traffic cams. None of them actually have any real superpowers. They're just criminals. And speaking of, the five of them are having breakfast together. Except Levi, who doesn't like food, apparently. Fucking... Can't relate. I don't know. (laughs) What a fucked up breakfast club. For real. (laughs) As Cal is convincing the group not to let S.H.I.E.L.D. take anything else from them, he starts getting a little heated as he talks about how he feels about them taking Sky away from him. Clearly, a childhood with Cal would have been very peaceful and healthy, obviously. (laughs) He goes on to explain that, like the others, he has chemically altered himself in order to get strong so that he can protect those he loves. So far, he's had some volatility issues, of course, but he's always working on the formula, always tweaking. So back to Coulson and Morse. Coulson finally asked Morse how long she and Hunter had been sleeping together. Oh, he knew. (laughs) Morse lies, saying that Hunter fell back into his alcoholic ghosting patterns, so she broke it off. And Mac is out trying to find Hunter now. And that was pissing me off. (laughs) I know it's just part of the story, but I hated it. (laughs) You're like, it's just a show. It's just a show. It's just a show. Literally. (laughs) But just as the computer has has a hit, Coulson has a brain blast. The van they're looking for is in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. (laughs) Did you catch that? He he totally said it that way. He did it? Yeah. No, I didn't catch it. It wasn't that obvious, but he said it was in Wisconsin. <laughs> Wait, don't they say it with like almost a G sound? It's like was Wisconsin? Was Wisconsin. I don't know. I don't know. I've always heard Wisconsin. <laughs> so anyway, Colson is from Wisconsin for some reason. Cal is trying to lure Coulson into his own hometown. That's not weird. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) So Skye and Garner start to discuss what Skye was dreaming about. 
Garner calls Sky out for avoiding and deflecting through humor and sarcasm. And okay, he didn't have to read me like this too. God, I have my own therapist for that now. <laughs> Marissa, and, Marissa and Jed are going to send you a bill. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. My headphones flew off. I was going to say that. I, it was so funny. Your headphones <laughs> fell off. Anyway, but Garner is getting down to business now. He says, you have abilities now that are triggered by pain. So either you face that or you never sleep again. <gasps> wow. Sky finally admits that she was dreaming about going from a shooter to the shooter's target. But as she's talking, the plane starts shaking. But this time it's not Sky. May is just taking them for a ride to go meet up with Colson. And to talk about her dream for a second, it is an excellent metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> I always love how dreams in media are like I know that this is the point but they're like they're so clear about like oh this is literally just about what has been going on in your life yeah (laughs) this is a very perfect metaphor for that yeah when I have a nightmare it's more like you were driving and then suddenly the car stopped and then there was a clown and then the clown went away and it was a snake (laughs) And then the snake turned into a balloon. Literally. <laughs> I remember one of the worst nightmares that I ever had. And it was, I had it a couple of times. Like it was recurring for, for a little while. Um, it was when I was, I was still living at my parents' house. And uh, I would wake up like in a cold sweat from this because it was just like my heart was racing. I was fucking terrified when I woke up. But the dream was I was in my bed <laughs> sleeping and then I, I woke up and I would like roll over and from my bedroom in that house I could when the door was open I could see all the way through like the living room into the kitchen and so in the dream I would wake up and I would look and I would look through my door and all the lights were off except for like the laundry room way way at the end and then I would just hear this voice go (laughs) and it would it would say something different every time but it was a along the lines of um there's someone in the kitchen <laughs> something like that yeah. but it was like there's someone in the kitchen one time it said there's a car in the kitchen like weird stuff <laughs> but like as soon as the voice as soon as that voice finished talking saying that one sentence i would just like jolt awake and be like in a cold sweat <laughs> that's what my <laughs> nightmares are <laughs> I had one nightmare that was like, it was when I first started taking gabapentin for my fibromyalgia. And it was like one of the side effects is very, very vivid dreams where sometimes like you don't know whether or not it's real. And so when I first started taking it, they put me on like way too high of a dose at first. And so the like the dream I had was like horror movie level God. gore and like guts and I'm I'm not a horror movie person. Yeah. Okay guys? Like I don't like horror movies. <laughs> I don't like gore. <laughs> and so why my brain decided to feed me this, I don't know. But it was awful. And then like Taylor Swift was in it and she was like an evil queen. No. And that's all I remember. I remember that Taylor Swift was the evil queen, and it was, like, horror movie level blood and guts. (laughs) Just your brain reminding you that she's your problematic queen. (laughs) (laughs) 
my brain was like, she's a white feminist and she only cares about her money. (laughs) (laughs) She's killing the planet with her jet. (laughs) (laughs) See, guys, we can be critical of the things that we like. (laughs) Yeah, but I did see a statement that someone on her team put out that I do kind of agree with that the whole tracking her jet thing is just another elaborate way of stalking her. Absolutely. It's weird as hell. Like two things can be true at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) Like stop fucking tracking celebrities flights. They're strangers. You don't know them. Right. And also celebrities should stop taking so many private flights. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. Focus. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, Cal and Co. are removing David Engar's muzzle at a high school football stadium. I did like how sweet Carla was in that scene. Yeah. Um, Two of the villains recruited by Cal originated in the Daredevil comics. David Engar, a.k.a. Engar the Screamer, (laughs) first appeared in Daredevil number 100 in 1973. And Carla Faye Gideon made her debut in Daredevil Redemption number one in 2005. Ah. Angar the Screamer. That's what they call me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Angar the Screamer goes out to the football field and screams, uh, putting dozens of high school students to sleep immediately. And for a second, I really I was like, he just killed all those kids. Oh, my God. (laughs) But also a shit ton of birds were affected, too. Um, I don't think they were dead. I think they were just asleep. But Catatonic, I think, is the word yeah. that they used. But my God, this part with the voice guy is horrifying every time. Yes. The way his, like, jaw... The way his, ugh, like, unhinged. Ugh. Truly, literally unhinged. The worst. <laughs> the worst. And those poor kids. I know. What did they do? They were literally they just, were, like, hanging out at school. They were just minding their own business. <laughs> they were supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah. So, Mac has brought Hunter some pizza while he's still chained to a motel sink. Um, And he tries to talk to Hunter and remind him about when they first met on a mission in Dubai. But Hunter doesn't want to hear it. But he does point out that it's interesting that Mac would bring up that memory because he was lying to Hunter then, too, because they were undercover. (laughs) Garner is fucking pissed that may would head off on a mission without at least informing the other people who are aboard her vehicle and i i get that <laughs> i know it was an emergency yeah and but... imagine if imagine if sky had actually freaked out right and like the plane just like came apart literally <laughs> so while they're fighting uh sky enters and insists that she help since they can use her to manipulate cal May and Garner don't think it's a good idea for Skye to be in contact with her father when she's only barely able to make it through her day without causing regional disasters. But Skye says she knows she can handle herself because she's able to talk about the situation at hand right now and the plane isn't coming apart around them. And I mean, like, okay, but like talking about seeing someone who causes a certain reaction and actually seeing that person are two vastly different experiences very very true (laughs) but anyway so they're already in the air so i guess it doesn't matter (laughs) whatever (laughs) so colson and morse are approaching the football field and cal is like in the commentator's booth uh well commentating (laughs) and taunting colson He threatens the kids who are still unconscious around the field, saying that they are simply doing what 
shield does to people that they deem dangerous. And I'm assuming he means kill them, except that shield didn't kill the four of them. <laughs> so imprison them? Like, is he going to just do to these other parents exactly what shield did to him? No irony, of course. Nope. None to be found anywhere. No self-awareness whatsoever. <laughs> Mr. Salesman over here. But Coulson points out that S.H.I.E.L.D. punishes criminals, not teenagers. Cal says that he wants to expose S.H.I.E.L.D.'s treatment of exceptional people to the world before they can do it to Skye, too. Just then, May shows up with a gun to Skye's head, of course, obviously, as you do. Um, and she tells Cal that they've already put Skye on the index. Now they just have to make a decision to either contain her or put her down. And that decision comes down to what Cal does. Cal tries to talk to Skye and convince her to come to his side instead of Coulson's. But since Skye says nothing, he starts to hand the microphone to Angar. And I just would like to know, like, how is he broadcasting this that he thinks the whole town is listening to his little showdown thing? <laughs> like, <laughs> he knows that nobody listens to radio anymore, right? Like, <laughs> Also, even if he's... I just thought about this. Even if he's, like, he's just over the loudspeaker, right? Maybe he's saying that this town is small enough that if you're using the loudspeaker at the football stadium at the high school that, like, everybody in the town is going to hear it. Does this work if, like, like what if Angar screams towards, like, a deaf person? Like, if they don't hear him, does it still work? Hmm, I don't know. That's a good, that's an interesting thought experiment. <laughs> I guess that's my favorite phrase lately. That's a good thought experiment. <laughs> They say that in, like, the last two episodes. Yeah. Like, I is it an auditory thing, or is it, like, uh, is it just, like, the sound waves from him are radioactive or something? And so, like, if, they, if the sound hits your skin or something, I don't know. Yeah, it's like a, like a body, bodily reaction. Yeah. A bodily. At the Tangeroans, let us know. Yeah. But anyway, so, but then, as he is handing the microphone to Angar, the eyeless man shows up in a force field, grabs Cal, and then they both disappear. Of course, casually. Whatever. He was, he was the problem. <laughs> so then Coulson and the other Index members spring into action and the fight ensues. Coulson takes down Angar, um, and I, <laughs> how did he not make a sound during that fight? <laughs> <laughs> because they say even a whisper from him but like what about a grunt <laughs> like, <laughs> Coulson like punches him and like ta like throws him on the ground surely he didn't do like a uh, like that didn't work <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it was an exaggeration maybe I don't know <laughs> <laughs> he was being facetious <laughs> He was ex he was very much exaggerating for dramatic effect, and we love that about him. <laughs> so then Garner takes Skye, and they run for cover as May does her thing with Francis, and Morse, Morse takes on Carla. So Garner and Skye pause and watch May's fight, looking very concerned. As Coulson is catching up to Wendell, Skye's earthquake starts. Coulson and May both stop what they're doing and immediately start running to her. She manages to stop the shaking, but then some major bruising appears on her hands and wrists. 
Did she transfer the shaking to inside her own body and shatter her own bones? Holy shit. Yes, that is what she did. That is fucking You weren't awful. stopping your powers. You were turning them inward. Yes. What a good metaphor. Good God. I need them to stop calling me out like this. <laughs> Quit it. <laughs> this is a great mental health episode. <laughs> it, it is. Go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Learn healthy coping mechanisms and healthy don't, boundaries and relationships. and Don't turn your emotions inward. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, don't take your emotions out on anybody, including yourself. Exactly. Yes. So, after they let Skye know what happened when she wakes up, Simmons and Coulson are discussing in his office. Simmons proposes a new category for gifted people. Enhanced. For people like David Angar and Mike Peterson, whose gifts are man-made. They're different from Skye and Reyna, whose powers were already inside of them. Coulson tells her to keep working on figuring out how Skye's powers work, and that this is the top priority. And to keep it under wraps. Why? (laughs) Everybody already knows about Skye. Maybe not everybody, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. He said to keep it between them. I'm assuming he meant between him and Simmons but like everybody else on the team does know so I'm maybe he's well, yeah, maybe I he's guess, saying because he doesn't maybe, trust Morse and Mac right now. Well maybe it's like everybody else knows that Sky has powers but I think the keep it between us is the like figuring out how they work. Oh okay. Gotcha. Anyway so then May escorts Garner out to his car. Garner recommends not only for Skye to leave active duty, but to leave S.H.I.E.L.D. altogether and go somewhere physically and emotionally safe. But May points out, just like I was thinking, she and I are always in the same same wavelength, this S.H.I.E.L.D. team is as close to a family as Skye's got. She's not going to leave for anything. And then Garner brings up Bahrain. And was that when the cavalry nickname came about or is that something else? It was. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so May asks if Garner would consider staying on as a consultant to continue helping Skye. And he says, hell no. (laughs) Professionally speaking. (laughs) He continues that he left S.H.I.E.L.D. for a reason, and he has even more reason now. The woman in the photo on his desk, which I believe they did mention earlier, but I didn't write it down. Yeah. So then uh, we cut over to Mac, and he is bringing Hunter to... Um, another new shield? They call themselves the real shield? A lot of balls calling it the real shield when the director passed the reins to Coulson, but... Literally. Okay. Okay. (laughs) What the fuck? Just, like, call it something else, my dudes. Right. I don't know. (laughs) And they had a different logo, though, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. I hated that. (laughs) What Just the fuck? you wait. <laughs> and now it's time for the post-content content. <laughs> that was really beautiful. I like that a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Cal wakes up in a room full of destroyed furniture and the eyeless man enters. And Cal starts yelling at him, seemingly yet again. <laughs> he asks why the man didn't take Daisy too. And the man says they only took him because Cal was making too much noise. Which I think is funny because he was right next to uh, Angar the Screamer. So, Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, but Cal says, Cal tries to say, I was doing this for us. But the man just says, you are not one of us. Fucking thank you. <laughs> no, he's not. Cal is shocked to have been put in his place so quickly and like quietly. But the man says that he's not the one who decides what happens to Cal. So Cal just quietly picks up his coat and slowly leaves the room. He is very nervous. <laughs> Executive producer Jeffrey Bell talked about the more episodic aspects of this episode, saying, This was a different episode for us. We're pretty serialized, and every now and then you want to find a way to take a little detour that keeps the emotional life of your story going, but you want to explore other corners. And this one really does that. We're spending a lot of time with Cal in this episode and his friends. It's a really fun episode. And there's a, not darker, but more of a gothic tone to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. That, I can see that. Yeah, for sure. The show. I will say it's it's nice to see Cal, like, afraid of someone for once. Yeah. Yep. I'm excited to see more of that. And that he's been, like, just, like, speaking for so many people that he has no business speaking for. <laughs> Just like a man. <laughs> Just like a man. <laughs> He's like, well, my wife <laughs> and my daughter have these powers, so that means I'm one of you. You married into it. That doesn't mean shit. Bro, you're the human half. You're the human half and nobody cares. Uh, my only other thought was, Colson is from Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> I never would have guessed that in a million years. I don't I I don't think I've ever actually met anyone from Wisconsin. And the only <laughs> thing that I do know about Wisconsin is like cheese and that 70s show. And that's it. <laughs> the only thing I know is Wisconsin. Wisconsin. <laughs> Wisconsin. That was the most random fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> he does seem like a Midwestern boy. I I guess is Wisconsin Midwestern. Yeah, it's the Midwest. Okay. I don't know why, but I never uh, the the states that are like uh, at like our northern border. I never consider those to be part of the Midwest. I don't know why. Obviously, I'm wrong, but in my brain, they're like a different category. I don't know <laughs> because I yeah. think of them when I think the Midwest. I think like. Ohio, Indiana, Illinois. And that's kind of it. But, like, I saw, like, a map or something that, like, was, like, what the United States considers, like, the Midwest and then the South and then, like, West Coast, East Coast. Um, And, like, stuff that is very clearly on the East Coast is considered the South. Yeah. And then... Like, the northern East Coast is, like, all that counts as the East Coast. And then there's the PNW, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. And then, like... California is the West Coast. There's, like, <laughs> two, two, two blobs that are just, like, the Midwest and the South. And I, honestly, like, I think Louisiana and Florida are, like, their own things. Like, they're not even the South. Yeah. I agree. Like I would I would say that I'm from the south, but like I wouldn't I don't think I would say I'm southern. I would say I'm Cajun. Yeah. Yeah. But not everyone from Louisiana is Cajun. Right. That's true. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We went on lots of tangents today. <laughs> we did. 
We sure did. I hope you enjoyed it, Libby. um my thoughts on this episode were i i find it was kind of like it definitely was more episodic it was kind of a filler episode i didn't find myself taking as many notes Mm -hmm. um and i think because one of the things about it being more episodic is that more of it stuck in my mind so i didn't notice more things from it like, it's a memorable episode, but it's, like, kind of a filler. And so... Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, in that weird in-between place. For sure. Yeah, I, I ended up watching this over the course of, like, three days. And so a lot of this, I was like, wow, that's the same episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, that concludes our episode on Season 2, Episode 13, One of Us. Yeah. If you want to keep up with us, you can follow us on TikTok at Agents of Nothing Podcast, on Twitter at Agent Nothing Pod, and on Instagram at Agents of Nothing Podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash Agents of Nothing and subscribe to us for $2.99 a month for special bonus content. And you can email us at Agents of Nothing Podcast at gmail.com and we may just read it on the show. If you want to find me, Mariah, I'm on Twitter at FullSwampWitch underscore, on TikTok at Submarine Warfare, and on Instagram at Submarine Warfare. And you can follow me, Caroline, on Twitter at RustyPage95, on Instagram at underscore RustyPage, or on TikTok at CrazyGender995. Next week, we'll be covering Season 2, Episode 14, Love in the Time of Hydra, so stay tuned for that. Okay, bye! Bye! Love you!